Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 23. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Father, God, Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he has chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and his will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything of conformity in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you, were also, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you always in my prayers. I keep asking that the Lord, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness 
of him who fills everything in every way. May God bless the reading of his word. what you have, every spiritual blessing. And here we are, as I mentioned, on Palm Sunday, the time of celebration for Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the excitement of these people, believing that victory had arrived and that life would change for them forever. Church, that has not changed. God is still on the throne. Jesus is the commander of the armies of heaven, and he has not been displaced. And we, as his sons and daughters, have been set with him at the right hand of God. So today, church, no matter where you are, it is a time to celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ for our lives. It's interesting to understand that that Sunday, the streets were filled. They were filled with people. They were filled with Hosanna. They were filled with palm branches. They were filled with coats being thrown down on the ground as Jesus came in to Jerusalem. And today, our streets are empty. Today, our streets are empty. But our hearts are not. This is one of those things to where we have to not grab from the outer and exterior happenings of life and really come from within to understand that he who lives within us is all we need. It's our transition during this time to stop finding joy from without and looking within to understand that God is who he says he is, that this deposit that Paul was talking about in the first chapter of Ephesians, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, is the Spirit of God, and God will supply all that we need. It's not in the binge-watching of your favorite show right now. It's not in being able to get out and to socialize with other people. This is a time that God is allowing us as a church to come and focus within and really look inside of us, inside of our own hearts, inside of our own minds, to understand what He is doing in us. Because there's going to come a point in time soon, church, that He is going to start moving through us. And we need to be prepared. I do personally look at this time as a time of preparation. There is something that God is bringing forth, and it is wonderful, and it is great, and we can be very excited about those things, but it is at this point in time that we need to be preparing, and that preparation is allowing God to search me and try me, allow Him to point out those things in our lives that need to be maybe corrected that need to be purged, that need to be dusted off. There are things in our lives that need to be 
transformed in preparation for those things that are coming. I think often about Palm Sunday and what was happening and the excitement that was there because the, the people of Jerusalem were excited about their freedom and what was coming for them to be saved from what they felt they were being oppressed from. The Messiah had come, the ruler, the one who was going to come and rule and reign. Their freedom was right before them. And then things changed, and things seemed dark. Right now, we're going through a time that can seem dark. But church, there's hope. There's hope for the Sunday that is coming. Because next week, next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating the risen Lord. But sometimes in life, it kind of seems the same way it does for these individuals on Palm Sunday because it seems like you're moving forward and you're taking that first step and man, things are moving in the right direction and there's victory and then all of a sudden, there's not. And everything stops. You feel like your momentum just slows way down that the rug got pulled out from underneath of you and it's like, this isn't what I saw happening and, and we were just praising and, and having and celebrating the victory of Jesus coming in and then all of a sudden it just stops and now he's hanging on a cross what happened this isn't what i anticipated more than ever church is a time for us to be faithful is a time for us to be faithful you see we understand that god is doing a mighty work and that he is taking his church and getting ready to put him and his, the power of his forgiveness and the power of his love, all of those things on display. That's what we're anticipating. Don't be surprised by a dark time and don't allow your faith to waver. Stay focused. Stay the course. As Paul starts off in, in his first chapter of Ephesians to the church of Ephesus. I'm going to dive into verse 3, and we're going to kind of walk through that a little bit. <clears throat> verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Stop. Now, just a little bit of information. This first chapter to the church of Ephesus is actually the longest sentence in the New Testament. In the Greek, it's the longest sentence, 202 words. Now, if you read through there, you'll see a lot of periods and those type of things, and that's because I don't think anybody can read 202 words in one breath. But quite honestly, it, it really is, it, it breaks everything down. But, but the point is, is that all of this one huge sentence flowed out of Paul in one fail swoop, it just came out and God was like, and this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Now, for us to understand it, we have to slow it down and dissect it and those type of things. And that's what we're going to do. But it's an understanding, too, that God wanted to pour out onto the church of Ephesus and the church, 
us this understanding of what he has given us. Of what he has given us. And it's an understanding for us to take a step back and go, you know what, this is in my tool bag. These are weapons in my arsenal. And that's what we're going to walk through today is every spiritual blessing. Now it says at the first part of, of verse 3, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Let me stop right there. God has blessed us. So what, what does that mean? God has blessed us. Literally, those two words, blessed us, together, is, is a combination of two Greek words. It's a compound. You in logos. You logo is how you, I believe is how you say that Greek word. But what that really means is to speak well of. And if you listen closely, you can hear our word eulogy in that. Eulogo. We give eulogies. What that means is, is, is someone is spoken well of, that they are honored, that they have, we bestow goodness by speaking onto a person. And that's part of what this is saying here, because it's here in the Greek, it's, it's a twofold. It is spoken well of, but it is deposited into. So if you think back and you think about Jacob, who went through and blessed each one of his sons, he blessed them. That doesn't mean he walked up to them and he patted them on the head and said, oh, bless you. That doesn't mean that they walked past and, and sneezed and he said, gesundheit, God bless you. That's not what it's talking about there. There is a literal blessing that is transferred from father to son, which allows that person to move in the anointing, in the authority, in the power of what's been given to him by the Father. That's what, that's what we're talking about here when God says, when, when Paul says that God has blessed us, he has spoken well of you, he has deposited things into you, he has bestowed upon you authority and anointing and power to be. To be. What, Ian, what do you mean to be? Something happened to me um, the other day that, that took me aback, and, and it wasn't negative by any means, but, but I, I ran into someone in, in a store, and it was a brief conversation, but they said, you, you're walking around this store like you own it. And I'm like... I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I, I know there's a couple things that I need to get. Now, granted, you know, I'm not rushing through the aisles and, you know, pushing people aside and stuff like, you know, get out of my way. There was none of that. It was, as a matter of fact, I was thinking, you know what, I just kind of need to slow down and just kind of walk through. And, and it gave off a air that this person looked at me as there's authority there not my authority, don't own the store, but there's just that 
blessing that God puts on us. And we live in that. And so that's just a simple point of what we're talking about here is that God, our Father, created us for a purpose and for a reason. And there's things that He wants us to accomplish. And there's people that He wants us to reach. And He wants to show Himself through us. So He blesses us. He speaks good of us. He deposits things into us. And here in this verse, chapter 1, verse 3, it says that God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Now, in the heavenly realms, more so of what that's talking about is heavenly things. Heavenly things. Now, we, talk, we, we can go heavenly realms, and then all of a sudden, our minds go from earth and where we live day to day to up here, and then sometime, at some point, when we move into the heavens and the heavenlies, whenever God calls us home, then we are going to have access to these spiritual blessings. And that's not what Paul is saying at all. If we jump over to John chapter 3, verse 12. John chapter 3, verse 12. This is, and I, and I love this passage, because this is um, Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus. And, and I just love this story because it just, it, I see myself in Nicodemus so much that, you know, it's just, you know, Jesus is like <laughs> rattles. If you can picture Nicodemus' life in his mind like a snow globe and God, Jesus kind of picks it up and he's like, you know, Nicodemus, you're not thinking about this straight. And he shakes Nicodemus' snow globe and he sits it back down and all of a sudden, you know, there's this, all these this, the snowflakes that are flying around. That's, that's kind of what's happened here with Nicodemus. But it references the heavenly realms that Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 1. Here in John chapter 3, and I'm just going to pick up on verse 12. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Jesus says to him this. He says, I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Now, understanding this, the kingdom of God is on earth. And this, these heavenly things that Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 1 are the heavenly things that Christ was sharing with Nicodemus. Christ was looking at Nicodemus and he's like, Nicodemus, I need you to understand what I'm saying here because the heavenly things that I'm talking about apply to your earthly life. The heavenly things that I'm talking about apply to your earthly life. Now, through our time together, I've, I've talked a lot about the two places in which we walk. We have one foot in the physical and we have one foot in the spiritual. So we could really trade this out and say that God has blessed us in the spiritual world with every spiritual blessing. God has blessed us to understand the spiritual so that we may live victoriously in the physical. That's where we're going here. God has blessed us in the heavenly things with every spiritual blessing in Christ.
with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Sometimes that's a lot to grasp. Every spiritual blessing. And what responses can be, and I can share these because they've been my own at points. Look, you know, Ian, I I hear you talking about spiritual, the spiritual realm and and heavenly blessings and, and that every spiritual blessing has been given to me in Christ. That's wonderful, but man, I'm just trying to make it. Ian, I'm just trying to survive this world right now. Maybe we don't care. I've tried Christianity. You're talking about spiritual blessings and and everything like that. That's wonderful, but I have no idea how the spiritual blessings relate to my life today. And and quite frankly, I, I don't care. Maybe it's just not interesting. Maybe you're happy with life. I'm good, don't need it. I've got enough blessings as my, that I have on my own that I've, I've accumulated, that I've worked for. You know, those are spiritual blessings and, is, and maybe they're just, they're over there, but, but I just don't need those right now. Maybe, and, and I think this is more the position of, of most, is I quite frankly, I have no idea what you're talking about. I got no clue what you're talking about as far as a spiritual blessing that I've been given from God to help me live the life that I'm in right now. What, what does that even mean? Because oftentimes there's a disassociation of between this earth that we're living in and the world that we're going to after we die and go to heaven. Well, yeah, you know, I've got heavenly blessings and spiritual blessings and they're waiting for me beyond the blue. I know that. But what we're talking about here, what Paul is trying to to get into the hearts of the Ephesians is that everything that God has given you and everything that he has spoken into your life is for you today to live. For you today to live. It's a new way of life. It's a new way of life. As I think about teaching my children life skills, everything from how to put butter on toast to don't forget to close the garage door at night to how to clean your house, how to pick up from yourself, how to fry an egg, life skills. As believers, there are life skills that we need to pick up so that we can live this life that God has called us to. So there is a retraining of some, of sorts. There is a a learning curve that we all face. The question is, how valuable is it to you? How valuable is it? Because, see, you've been given every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Some of these blessings that Paul goes through here in Ephesians, we've, we've talked about through this series, knowing what you have. And they're repeated here. 
But not only are these blessings, some of them are repeated here, part of those blessings are also promises that we've been given. And I'm just going to go through and I'm going to talk a little bit about those. And then we'll wrap up. But some of these blessings, I'm going to walk through this chapter, are that we have been chosen before the foundation of the world out of verse 4. We've been chosen. Verse 5 talks about adoption. We talked about that last week. But we were adopted into the family by God's pleasure and His will. By His pleasure and His will, we have been adopted. Verse 5. One of these spiritual blessings is God's glorious grace. Found in verses 6 and 9. Verse 7 talks about God's redemption and His forgiveness. That in itself comes flying straight into the face of the enemy's condemnation. You see, if we grab a hold of and understand that one of these spiritual blessings that we have is God's redemption and His forgiveness, then it neutralizes the attack of the enemy on his condemnation of us. Verse 9 talks about God's will. Verse 13 talks about the sealing of the Holy Spirit that's in our life. Verses 3, 7, 9, and 13 tells us again and again and again that we are in Christ that when God looks at us, He looks at us through the blood of His Son that was shed on Mount Calvary, that we are in Christ. Verse 18, one of the spiritual blessings that we have is that we know the hope that God has called us to, that we know it. I think that's one of the most amazing things there is because so often in my Christian life up, up to so many years, has been, how do I know? I don't know. I lived in a state of constant question. No confidence, no solid ground, no foundation. But this tells me that we know the hope that God has called us to, that we know it. Verse 19, God's great power. God's great power. The same power that rose Christ from the dead. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He, God, exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only today, but also in the age to come. One of the blessings that we have received and that we have access to is God's great power. You see, these blessings are 
are real. And I know that sound, may sound elementary, but these blessings are real. They're not the social niceties that we give out in today's world. Um, God bless you. Do we really even know what we're saying when we say that? Gesundheit. You know, it's just something that we just repeat. Somebody sneezes and it just comes out. We just say that. Um, Here's another one that's deep-seated in in church is I'll pray for you. No intention. Just something I need to say to get out of a conversation. Just being honest because I've done it. I've done it. In, in the South, I hear this more in the South than I, than I have up here, but oh, bless your heart. That's another one. And it can, that's said for a variety of different reasons. But it's not, you know, this, this blessing that we're looking at and what God has put into our lives and what he has spoken over us, what he's deposited into us is not just something that is abstract. It's something that is real, and, and as we engage it in our spiritual walk, then it becomes tangible in our physical life. It is this transference of what we've been given here in the spiritual floods over into the physical. And it happens that way because we as conduits of the Holy Spirit and the love and the compassion and the forgiveness of God flows over into a world that is dying and doesn't know Him. And we are that conduit. So it's, we're given these spiritual blessings. We're given, as the Bible tells us, every spiritual blessing as tools, as weapons, so that we may be used by Him to impact the world around us. At the same time, those spiritual blessings tell me who I am. They give me confidence and power to move in the physical world about who I am so that others can know Him. Do these spiritual blessings work? Yes. Are they real? Absolutely. But they come to us through Christ. God's Holy Spirit that lives within us engages those spiritual blessings to impact our life and the lives around us and to bring glory to God. We are a part of his family. We are the church under the head Christ. Dispensing spiritual blessings into the lives of those around us. Church, we have to believe that these exist. We have to surrender to the fact that we have been spoken over that these blessings have been bestowed upon us and then we need to live or to act in them. 
Church, to know what we have separates us from the world. We are in it, but not of it. We are in the world, but not of the world. And it is these things in knowing what we have that separate us so that others can see the light, the truth, and the hope, and the love that God has for them. Does that mean we do things a little bit different? Yeah, it does. Do we act different? Do we talk different? Yes, we do. But church, we should care more deeply than anyone else. We should love till it hurts. And we should put God on display for who he is. Now is as good a time as any. So church, let me just encourage you to understand that you, you have been given every spiritual blessing of the heavenly things in the heavenly realms to live it out on earth so that people will see and know the love and the forgiveness of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, I thank you for the day that you've given us, this time that we've had together. Father, I ask for your blessings to just be made real to us. Every spiritual blessing is what we've been given. God, I pray that we live in it. But Father, I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds to understand what we've been given. Father, that you would open our hearts and our eyes to see and know that we've been given so much. Father, give us the patience that we need to learn these tools. Father, give us a desire to learn them. Father, that we would be your light. And Father, that we would be a voice of your hope to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.